1: Please welcome on the stage, Paul, Steve Hanley and Kevin Cummins. Round of applause. Right, good afternoon, Welcome to the uh, Old Brother podcast, which we don't normally do live. But we're invited to be here we one before, before yeah. We've loud the words. Are we uh, <coughs> allowed to do this, are we? Well, I, think, I think we're still, We're going to make the best of it, but for the next hour, we're still allowed to talk about the fall. I'm not sure when the are <laughs> No, no, no. No, going to serve <laughs> it on one you <laughs> 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 You're not allowed to, it You have to put an extra right, in I think uh, it's because it's a Sunday we're all right. All oh, of course, right, yeah. yeah. So I was going to introduce this gentleman here but obviously I don't need to introduce him to you because you've all bought a ticket so it'd be a bit weird if he didn't know who he was, wouldn't but
0: for the. Purpose Someone asked me directions to her outside the bus station, he didn't know who I was.
1: Uh, that's, that's the uh, being behind the camera. That. I sent him the wrong way. <laughs> well, uh, for the purposes of the take, our guest today is the marvellous Mr Kevin Cummins. Um, by way of introduction, if you've ever seen a picture of Join Division. He was probably taken by Kevin, I think. I don't... So if, if, you, if you weren't lucky enough to be going to gigs in Manchester in 1979 and you've got an image of joining me, then Kevin probably took the picture. I think that's fair to say. don't you, know, you could... Fair to say. Yeah, I think so. But, uh, I'll, I'll take pictures of other people. Oh, yeah, well, we're going to get on to one i them in a moment, then. So, uh, the reason he's on the Old that The Old Brother podcast, the Old fall oh. podcast... Oh. The Old fall brother cast, is um, <laughs> because of this marvellous tomb we have in front of us, which is a collection of his uh, works... Over the years, taking pictures of the fall, and one of the joys of this book is, you know, you know unfortunately with you Division, it's quite a short period. This, this mm-hmm. is quite—it's quite a journey. This one, yeah, it is actually. I mean, you,
0: you know, you kind of see forty years of Mark running yeah. through it, um, and really, you know, it's—it's it's kind of my story alongside and his and yours and whoever else was there. Plenty of you. But um, somebody reviewed it on Amazon and said it's all right, this book, but it's got a lot of gaps in it, and it's like, well, you know, I didn't live with him. I'll like be fair. alive if I'd this you No, know, there aren't. I mean, it's just whenever I dig yeah. it out of his life, you know he just know how taking photographs of bands work, so I do, no, no, you know, no I do. No <laughs> you get slagged off usually on Amazon for the packaging being awful. One <laughs> star <laughs> One star. Shit,
1: one star, you but shit sh- mate. The b- packaging <laughs> fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're gonna go back. That's a lyricification, lyrication, but there? Uh, so one of the cliches that gets trotted out, probably by me as much as anybody else, is that, that, that manchester music started at that Sex Pistols gig in nineteen seventy six. But you were taking I mean I don't know how much you were actually earning, but you were taking professional photography way before that, weren't you? Well, I graduated that year, so um, whenever I took
0: any pictures of a band, if I started working for the enemy, probably May, June '77. Right. You know, kind of bombarded them with information, false and <laughs> mainly false, actually. You know, and. Um, Whenever I did a job for the NME, it would be... Probably cost me 20 quid in film and processing and a couple of prints. I got £6.50 for it. <laughs> ah, well. So I wasn't sure it was going to be something I'd do for a long time. I thought maybe I'd do it till I got a proper job. Yeah,
1: it was expensive business then, wasn't it? It yeah. was, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking of that picture, like, there's a picture of, of you you took of David Bowie, and that was 73, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I did that at, my, at art school, mainly so I could black it
0: into the gig, to be honest.
1: Well, like, that's how you make it, was yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, well, I got him free, yeah, I didn't have to pay to go to most gigs, so that was okay. Yeah? Um, but the Bowie one I took when I was 19, and... Um, because I was obsessed with Bowie yeah. and I kind of, I just thought um, walking with a college camera case and they'll just let me in and they didn't really have backstage passes or anything then so I just used sometimes I'd take the case to a gig uh, so I could stand on it really <laughs> and, uh, and then after going to about three gigs I thought it's quite good I'll put a camera in it and yeah, maybe yeah. take some pictures next time. <laughs> so I took some of Bowie. Where was and that? And what venue was that? Uh, Free Trade Hall. Well I went to the Hard Rock in seventy-two at Christmas. Wow,
1: I just missed that.
0: Yeah, which yeah, was it, great. Cool? And I, I took three photographs there because I was trying out a colour film. We we were given a, some project over <coughs> Christmas to do. So I took some pictures of Bowie on this really grainy, kind of fashion colour film um gaff 500 for all you in, interested folk out there and um you had to send it off to germany it took about three weeks to come back and then it was shit. And <laughs> <laughs> so then you know, you know um, and we did loads of different things on it just to try it out under different conditions so i took three pictures of bowie which are kind of okay and then i took some pictures of bowie free trade hall and then we went to leeds as well That. Sticky Stardust, the Lad in Stone Tour, wow. and took some there, and that's when, and the V&A bought the picture from me. Right, well, and so it was like my first sale ever to a gallery, and I thought, you know, maybe it's quite a good way of it. And when I say they bought it off me, they said, would you like to donate sir? Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: well, yeah. Sounds better if
0: you say. You yeah, know, yeah, or,
1: yeah. Bought it from me. I, I don't wish to cast aspersions on the way was teaching you at college, but that photograph is as good a photograph as you've ever got. So I don't think you did. Can't even learn you Can't even have had much to learn. Because that's that's a fantastic. I'm,
0: you still learn. I mean, I'm you know that's not being you know false modest or anything. I think you still, you learn all the time by looking at other work and looking how you can make a better picture. And I took a picture at the Free Trade Hall of Bowie, and I thought it, I wasn't in the quite right position for the shot I wanted. So when I went to Leeds, I stood in that position and waited for that moment where yeah. it was the mind to width of a circle. And I got the shot I wanted yeah um, and you kind of have to do that you have to research your subject a little bit maybe yeah can't just wing it all the time <laughs> <laughs> a lot a lot of the time yeah <laughs> so um so what research did you do for the fall then? well i had been to the gig so I, I knew exactly where i wanted to stand to get a better picture okay. so then i just stood there at the lead show which was only half full actually because it had been cancelled from earlier in the tour they were due to Play Leeds University and the stage was too small, so they played this venue Leeds Roll Arena, which didn't really have gigs and it didn't sell out. So we were able to just wander about and I stood in exactly the spot I thought might make the picture better and took it.
1: So when was the first time you took the
0: fall then? Was that Um, probably that gig at St George's? uh, youth club in right. Mike, hollyhurst they play played the, um, we put the ticket up actually and um it was 50 pence. nobody bought one so they changed it to 20 pence. <laughs> hastily crossed out and written on 20 pence in biro. Um, and after about three songs, the guy—it was a youth club—and the guy who ran the youth club came over to him and said, "It's not quite what we were expecting." <laughs> <laughs> kind of the story of Mark's life, to be fair. <laughs> um, and he said, "You're a bit loud, and it's not really the right kind of music." So he told them to pack up, really, and whoever was managing or looking after him rang uh, the squat, what um, squat, um, the ranch, around the ranch up, yeah, and said, can we finish our gig there? So they said, yeah, come down, so they went down to this place about a mile away, which was a punk club, really, but rarely had, I mean, I had bands on, but it was like, <laughs> it wasn't even like a tenth of the size of this it was quite a small place um and mark being mark didn't play the first three numbers again he just carried on the game so (laughs) a little break a break in proceedings he wasn't giving them extra for their 20 pence i mean that that
1: picture from the ranch it's quite unusual because it's everybody isn't it That's yeah it. It's, in, it's in the book obviously
0: yeah i had a, I had a very wide angle lens that i like to use and so you could i was probably about 18 inches, two feet away from them, but it was very wide, so I managed to get a whole band shot. It's a brilliant, brilliant photograph. Yeah, you kind of get the feel for the excitement of being there, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although, I did a wider shot, and you can see the audience, they're not
1: remotely excited. (laughs) (laughs) I was. (laughs) But then... Yeah, they were good-looking bunch, weren't they? Well, maybe not, you know, not in the classical sort of. Thing, but it was a good-looking band. Didn't yeah, it? I thought so. I yeah, thought yeah. It all, uh, they were they were a very
0: strong-looking band, definitely. Yeah. And he didn't want to be anything, you know. That was like the first shot at the Collihurst thing. Right, Martin this rock against racism. Bad yeah, stuff. yeah, of, of course, course.
1: Yeah, quite right. So the, the, when you say the Collyhurst, that's the club? That's the club, yeah, right. yeah. and then these that's are the ranch. Great these are the ranch. That's brilliant. That I mean that. You know,
0: they look like a proper rock band there, don't they? They do, they do. Yeah. It's like the third gig. It was, was playing the playing third gig. Well it was we was like either the second and the third gig or third and fourth, wasn't it? Yeah. Although he counted as one. I yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they weren't quite they didn't look quite so glamorous the next show which was in the flat. Oh yeah, well um,
0: we did the shoot when um, <sighs> first sounds I think it was, or well, maybe anime, I can't remember, but around Christmas and Mark we don't, never I never wanted to shoot traditional rock and roll pictures particularly and Mark certainly didn't. And at the time, Man City were running this series of features in the programme of players at home with their lovely wives and lovely children and lovely house and lovely car and all this. And Mark said, why don't we do it like that? And I said, well, you know, Dennis Stewart's leafy mansion in Cheshire (laughs) is a bit different to your flat in Creswick. And he said, yeah, but it'd be fun. And of course, you know, you present a magazine with a picture like that with no idea. It don't look fun, to be fair. No, it wasn't, <laughs> no. And he'd, he'd made some attempts at tidying up by shoving about a week's washing up under the sofa. <laughs> um, and there was a, fair, you know, a few political posters on the wall and various bits and pieces. And uh, I said, shall we do a picture outside as well? So we did the picture by Prestwich Hospital. And it was only when I was processing the pictures that I realised Mark was holding a cat. I've no idea where he got it from. I didn't even know if it was his.
1: Oh, right. (laughs) Did he bring it with him?
0: (laughs) No idea, so, but it was dark, you know, and I was having to do this shoot with Flash outside about eight o'clock at night. And um, like I say, when I processed the pictures, I thought, oh God, he's got a cat, you know.
1: (laughs) Well, it's it's interesting now because that you, you, you've talked about it before in the context of Joy Division about your photographs kind of shaped the image of the band. I think that's really true, John. Mm. I mean, I, I, if you've ever met any of Joy Division, they, they were certainly weren't the here you are know, the young men dour kind of guy. They weren't at all, no. And everybody, that was
0: how we wanted them to appear, and that was how. Tony Wilson wanted them to look like, Rob wanted them to look like, and they were really intimidating. And Rob said, the reason he never wanted them to do interviews is because they were all really stupid. And (laughs) and, uh, they'll just say fucking stupid things, you know. So he said, it's better to be enigmatic. Yeah, yeah. And then, so I never took a picture of them smiling. I didn't do anything like that. Everything was really kind of Eastern European serious. In fact, one of the pictures from the bridge looking back into Manchester, when I've done interviews in Europe, people say, is that Dresden or is it Poznan? And I said, no, it's actually Manchester. That's what what it was like. And then they're kind of horrified because they have this idea that England's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a a good place, Manchester, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, you know, that Collyhurst youth club was quite near the electric circus which was a big punk venue and i used to drive there because i bought my camera again it was a bit, it was a bit dangerous yeah, yeah and um we'd meet up in the ranch after a gig and half the people who'd been at the gig were like ripped close um, it Black wasn't, eyes, it, wasn't caught it was like a mile back in town. Yeah. People they yeah. used to get ambushed all the time, and I'd be just driving around, not having a clue that any <laughs> of this was going on. <laughs> you had to walk from town, didn't you? I only
1: went to the electric
0: circus once, yeah, before. but it was, yeah, it was yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it was it, there was a lot of kids there, um, threatening to mind your car. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit of a poor show. We talk about Manchester and how central music was it, it's a bit poor show that the premier punk venue it was a mile outside the city center in collier so it's a bit crazy uh, yeah you? it was i mean it wasn't because it was such a nice place either the venue was a shit hole oh, completely i mean you, you you wouldn't get away with it now would you know no, no. nowhere like that would be allowed to open no i always thought that about There was a few out of the mayflower they were that, all like that that was 100 fair. years of late being condemned that yeah main yeah
0: i mean so terrible <laughs> most venues here most venues in manchester were like that yeah right?
1: yeah they were terrible I mean, speaking of terrible places, you famously took pictures of Joy Division and The Fall in TJ Davidson's. Yeah. Now, that was... I mean, that made uh the... Yeah, that yeah. Made circus look like really Rich, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean that <laughs> the was. The Rich a- Hotel, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not the Rich Bottom. Not Bar, the Rich Venue, yeah. no, no, no yeah.
0: <laughs> which was just as bad as the others. Um yeah, uh, oh, when you look at the Joy Division pictures of run in the rehearsal room, you'll see an, a lot of coke cans and fancer cans around, and they're all full of piss because yes. none of them could be bothered going to the floor below to use the toilets, which were usually blocked anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the bloke who owned it, Tony Davis and that interest in ever getting them repaired
1: well what uh, if he, was, if he, was, if he was writing a list of repairs for that building i think yeah. the toilets would be fair making sure the floors weren't condemned yeah, no, yeah, well. the whole thing i mean terrible. not to say how bad it was the caretaker was a tramp he found sleeping <laughs> that's <the> true <trend, laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's
0: another picture i took of them and underneath the light fitting there's um a Mac fisheries a plastic bag hanging from the ceiling and it was to catch the water before it hit the electric light. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not one of those
1: books electrical equipment. That was an amazing pair for that yeah. yeah. was it? No, it was good. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, they are amazing, those photographs. The ones are the fall and the ones yeah. are doing It's a great yeah. room to take a photograph in. It was great. It's interesting
0: how different the bands look. I also photographed a band in there called Alien Tints, if anyone remembers them. But <laughs> I've, I've never really... Not. Those pictures haven't really flown out. <laughs> When's that book coming out? With a thinner volume. When I'm exhausted <laughs> all the rest of it, I might do a Tony Davidson, TJ Davidson's book. Oh, you yeah. have to pay him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he did a book, didn't he, last year or the year before? He did, yeah. Yeah. Have you read it? No, he sent me a copy. He said, I've used your picture on the cover. And I Ooh. said, oh, great. Um, You're going to send me some money? And he said, it's a picture of me. I don't have to pay, do I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So, okay. yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: So you settled out of court? Uh, you, well, yeah, he's, he's kind of connected, though, isn't he? I well, you'd like to think
1: so. Yeah,
0: I mean, him, and, him and Ray Rossi and Mike Rossi from Slaughter and the Dogs, I they were mean, all kind must of... He
1: getting on a bit now, then. He, I, he looks,
0: well, have you seen pictures of him? He looks about 35, I don't know what he's... I don't know if exactly he's had his butt jossies or something, but... Yeah, I, the picture of him was a picture of him sitting on a Lotus Elite in Manchester. Oh. I, I was never sure whether it was his or not.
1: <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. So... I was going to ask you, and you've said it again about Joy Division, about you felt a responsibility to present them in the best way. Did you feel the same about the fall, or were they kind of more... I don't think I
0: was ever allowed to impose my will on the fall, to be honest. Um, photographing the fall was always very different because... Mark actually did like having his photograph taken he was pretty really um, good at it as well yeah he? He, liked, he did like it but he didn't like to do it straight away so whenever you'd go and meet up to do a session it was like every time I photographed the fall it pretty much there'd be a different line up and I always say it was a bit like going around to see your friend's house and he's got a new wife and kids and there was he, had, not I'd, I'd say, he never introduced them to you you absolutely <laughs> that that is true. People oh, that'd were. be true yeah and then I didn't even to the band, you know, someone else would just be there, and he would, um, we, you know, he'd sometimes bring one member out for a photo session, sometimes just turn up on his own. He always knew whether we needed just him or the band, but it didn't matter. And then he'd say, oh, let's go and have a pint and have a chat about Man City, all this, that know, what have you been doing, tech piss for half an hour. <laughs> Five pints later, it's too late to do pictures, so you have to go back the next day. <laughs> and that was pretty much the story of the fall every time I photographed him. You know, he wouldn't tell me yes. where the venue was, he wouldn't be there if he did tell me. It'd be like, You'd always try and have to work it out to, that you'd go to the nearest pub, close to where he told you to meet up, and odds on he was there. Didn't you do that abroad a few times with you? Yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> where was that then? <laughs> Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> Although, to be fair, he, he kind of fell out with the band on the way there as well, didn't he? So okay. He, had a, he, he, we were going to Berlin, and they were playing a gig there, and I always wanted to photographing in Berlin, and I flew there direct. And they didn't turn up for ages and then he this is like 2006 2007 and i bumped into steve trafford that afternoon and he and i said What's happening? Are you going down to the vet? And he said, oh, don't even ask. He said, it was a fucking nightmare. He said, first of all, Mark tried to smoke on the plane. <laughs> and he got told that you have not been allowed to smoke on a plane for 10 years. But that, he hadn't <laughs> seem to notice that. <laughs> um, well, then he was what was he used to thing? say. "Was well, What are you going to do? Throw me off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, Mark, arrest you when you
1: actually want Yeah, land. absolutely. <laughs> and then,
0: he, then we went to... Then... He said he got to Frankfurt Airport to change flights so he wanted to smoke there and he wouldn't let him smoke there. Then when he finally landed and got in, in a cab, he lit up and the taxi driver said, ''No smoking in my cab.'' And he said, ''I fucking smoke where I like.'' And he said, ''Not in my cab.'' And he turned round and grabbed the cigarette out of Mark's mouth. So Mark punched him. And all this happened at the traffic light, and coincidentally, there was a news team at the traffic lights making a news story. So there's camera presenter, and they're just looking at his cab rocking behind. <laughs> and so they turned the camera on it and filmed it all. And then said to the cab driver, "If you need that, we've got it." You know, we kind of saw him assault you, um, and so the tour manager had to give him some money to shut up. Um, he got to the got to the hotel, took his false teeth out, and slammed them on the. On the bedside table when he bounced off and while he's looking for him he stood on them <laughs> and so and then <laughs> he just says, another just another day <laughs> <laughs> then he said to you're gonna have to go out and get these fixed because you speak german
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: apart from that i was the game <laughs> And haven't got that far and
1: mm-hmm. The gig was great and then he wouldn't
0: do any pitch he, he would only do pitched across the road from the gig, so it was like we'd come all the way to Berlin and, and you want know pitched? a little looks like we took it on Salford Precinct, <laughs> <laughs> and that was a, a kind of, that But like you say, that was a fairly typical day.
1: Yeah, but I mean no. the, the thing about all that is, you end up with great shots at the end of it, don't you? Do, you do, yeah, yeah. 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 Cos they're like, oh, that's all right, then. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all I'm there for. I'm, yeah, not, yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm no, not no, a right, family counsellor, am no. I? No. shall I sign? because... For all that, and for all it looked like he was mucking you about and all that, he he did. He was quite invested in the mythology of the photographs. Yeah, of course he was. Yeah. He,
0: he understood. He understood it. He understood what pictures would do for them. There are some bands who don't understand it at all, and some, you know, like Fall did. Manic Street Preachers did. You know, they always yeah. really understood what how strong the rock press was and what it would do for them. And how you had to work at you know you didn't just turn up and say well what's your idea um, for their first enemy cover that I did uh, they went out the night before and asked girls in a nightclub to give them love bites so they'd look really trashy the following day. This is
1: a very street picture. Yeah, that's not the fall.
0: Yeah. Um, so they were you know so they all had these bruises on their necks and look dead trashy, it was great. You know, yeah. that's what you want. You want a band to understand how you help to build rock and roll mythology. And I think it's harder now because a lot of bands take their own pictures, you yeah. take too many pictures, you take pictures in the dressing room, they take pictures going on stage, you take pictures of their breakfast. Yes. That, well, yeah. and, and so there's no mystique. No, no. With musicians, you want mystique. When you're a kid, right, I, really? I don't want a picture. To, I don't want to know what David Bowie had for breakfast. I like to think he lived in a spaceship and at moon dust. Yeah. Well, he probably did, to be fair. Yeah, probably, yeah. As far as I know, he did. But I, I, you don't want all that information. Yeah. You want mythology. Yeah. And I don't think bands... The only band, I think, in the last 20 years who've understood that are the White Stripes. Jack White really understood what, how to manipulate yeah. his own image, and I think very few bands understand that now. Well, I i'm not so sure Joy We didn't do it You at all no they but didn't no i mean the first thing i said to them was what do you want to do for a picture and they said stand at a bus stop <laughs> <laughs> i said well that isn't actually going to make a great enemy cover he said well that's what we do <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Great. There's a, there's a, the quote I like to you about George is that I didn't want to take a picture of me and Curtis having a piss in a bin. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't
0: want to spoil mythology, do you? And I and I think the fact that there are so few pictures of them helped to build that mythology enormously. Massively, yeah. Yeah. They were quite clever at that. i think it that was wrong. Rob's uh, doing was it, yeah. A little bit. Well, it was Rob really stopping and being interviewed. You know? Yeah. And then I, I remember the first time I. When, he, when they went in after Ian died and we became New Order, I did a piece with New Order for The Face with Paul Rambali, uh, the writer. And Paul said to me, can you meet me at the station? I don't want to go and meet them first, because t- I'm terrified of them. Yeah? And I thought, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> How can anyone be terrified of Bernard?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Even Hockey's not terrified of him, but... No, uh, no, no. Hey, they're doing the roll rock rock, they've been nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, yeah. That, that's, that'd yeah, be, that'd yeah, be an interesting backstage know. conversation. Hey, they're it? Ten, the tenth they're tenth though on the list at the moment. So I don't yeah. think they're gonna make it. Uh, like, you've got to pay as well, haven't you? You've got to pay to go. Yeah. I can't see Bernard stumping up. No, not, <laughs> not, it's not like, uh, <laughs> Definitely not. How <laughs> yeah.
0: much? Yeah. Like, I can't remember what it is. It's, it's not cheap. I know uh, yeah. that. No, yeah, it'd take too long for them to work that
1: one out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Okay, but we are into to the, yeah, bit talk about the foot, because um, uh, the way you talk about Mark and taking photographs of Mark, he was very it was similar in interviews as well, wasn't he? I mean he'd piss the interview about, but you'd always end up with a good yeah. bit of writing at the end of it. Yeah, I
0: remember I mean Ted Kessler wrote a brilliant piece in his book about meeting Mark for the first time, and he said first thing Mark said to him was are you a Jew or a Nazi? Was
1: I'm
0: a Nazi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, you know. Um, so that was his intro to Mark. Yeah,
1: yeah. He'd have been in trouble if he wasn't Jewish, though, wouldn't he? How yeah. would you oh, answer that? <laughs> Is yeah. it either or? On, on, uh... <laughs> I know. Like, that was funny where the and name came from. And then he met him about 10 years
0: later and he said, I've met you before, haven't I? He said, I can't remember if you're a Jew or a an Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> and it was and all, like, all like,
1: downhill from there. He's got a bit more going for him than you
0: know that. I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. So... You took pictures of Rafters with me and Stephen were there, and that was a great place to photographs, wasn't it? That, Rafters was great because it was a very low stage, wasn't yeah.
0: it? And, um, it was very low ceiling. weirdly, yeah. there was such a huge photograph of James Cagney on the back wall behind the stage. What was it? Yeah, I remember I that. Quite, <laughs> bands quite often put a uh, black cloth. Yeah, 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 right, okay. Well, yeah. I do. I think I've still got a picture of maybe Generation X with James C- Cagney leering. Oh, brilliant. And Fantastic.
1: Yeah? <laughs> so, But it was a good venue. Yeah, there was, I mean was, there, was a, there was a number of sort of iconic places in Manchester. Yeah. Again, there, there, there was the that they were all a bit of a dump, weren't they? I think. Yeah. But, Rafters
0: was okay though. Rafters, Rafters was not like, okay. Rafters was down. There was a nightclub in Manchester called Fagin's where, which was like proper cabaret club and Rafters was downstairs. It was like the diffusion part of of fakings really yeah. so you know it's the cheaper end of the market of course,
1: <laughs> was, yeah. Yeah.
0: and but it was good i thought i always thought it was quite a good gig that yeah rafters was quite good but you had to wear a suit and tie to get in uh, it's a yeah yeah uh, i only ever went there once and that was to see scott walker wow which uh, you know when i was like i went when i was about 19 i looked about 13 when i was yeah. 19 and i had this suit, ill-fitting suit on but i managed to get in and see scott walker did you take a picture of him no no i just went to see him and he was he kind of did this he, he knew the owner and he did a, a gig nearly every year at Rafters just another, a, another taking, famously
1: sorry. cheerful young man Scott yeah,
0: has yeah, yeah, I believe yeah. and it, it was great so you know that was that was great but Rafters Definitely. itself was it was a good punk venue and stuff yeah. was on there yeah. I mean at one stage in like 1976, 77, there were gigs two or three times a week go to Rafters the Electric Circus and if you could afford it you could go to Liverpool Um yeah. Eric's had yeah. have the same gig on Saturday that we had some yeah. So, you know.
1: So, Go on. I was going to say, you did the cover for uh, I'm Curious Orange, didn't you? What's the album called? I can't into the play. And- it it is. It's called I'm
0: Curious Orange, but there's a different spelling for the yes. album and for the show. Right. for some unknown reason. That's the only time you did the album cover. You didn't set out to do the album cover. No, I didn't, no. I, I photographed him. I, I was doing I'm Curious Arrange for the NME. And he didn't tell me where to meet him. And nobody met me. And I had to just get, i come from, i been in San Francisco, and I had to get back from there to Edinburgh. And I was supposed to be met at Heathrow. No one met me there. I had to, to pay for myself to get up to Edinburgh. I got there, I no idea where they were rehearsing, whether it was on stage, what I was supposed to do. I had to go in a pub and find a leaflet for the festival and <laughs> find out where they were. And I got there and he said, oh, you fucking found us then. <laughs> <laughs> you're late. You're late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're late. <laughs> um, and we did all the pictures on stage and set stuff up with him and Michael Clark. and they ran through the show and so on. And after we did the set-up shots, Mark said, so can I have one of those for the album? Sleeve. And I said, why would I give you a pitch for the album sleeve when we I said, if you wanted that, why didn't we just do some extra ones? And he said, because you'd have charged us. <laughs> he said, you can just give us a spare one. <laughs> <laughs> I said, but like that. I said, if I, t- if I give you one, you're gonna have to pay for it anyway. Yeah. He said, what for, for? He said, you've just taken them. <laughs> eventually the record company you know I just loved it, the record company did it and they, they sorted it out with me and then when he did that 50,000 full fans, can't be wrong he just did that cut out of yeah, the yeah. cover and I, and I said to him and he did it on mugs and badges, did the lot and I and I said did you did you license that because my stuff's licensed through Getty and he said no he said I just cut it off the picture you gave me <laughs> Absolutely no idea that you should pay for it because it was a picture of him.
1: Well, he probably had an idea which he chose
0: to ignore. Yeah, well, I'm being kind. And then when we did did these pictures in like 2005 6 and around then, um, they were all Sanctuary and Sanctuary paid for them and Sanctuary licensed the use for a year. And I said, But you'll want them for longer than that. And he said, Well, if we do, we'll renegotiate. And of course, a year and a day after, like the day after the license runs out, Mark starts using the pictures, you know, so yeah. they've got to pay again for them. And he just, just kind of did it willfully, didn't oh, he? Oh, yeah, yeah. always. <laughs> 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 and, um, so, so I go and I just said to him, you know, Mark will do this. This is what he always does. So yeah. why don't you just license him for 10 years and then you don't have to worry about it? Where's well, the problem in that? No, so, exactly. So it's just a wind you up constantly. Because
1: I was going to ask about that shot. That shot at, with, behind what's now the greater Manchester. What's it called Daisy? the it? The exhibition arena. centre. The, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was, Gmex. Gmex. It's not like we called the Gmex for 15 years. It's always... I can't remember yeah. it Central like Station yeah it was yeah. A Central Station because really, it was it was kind of abandoned when you yeah it was because that's that's. I mean it's not, there's no coincidence that that's the colour that's a, an amazing shot isn't it? Yeah. well I like the cobbles and echoing the, 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 the similar pattern on his jersey yeah how many people can get away with wearing a golf jersey <laughs> well uh, to be fair a lot of people had like them they used to sell them on grey mail lane market yeah. they were like kind of nylon weren't they they, they were very, very nylon yeah, yeah they were okay. but, but that's that's part of the thing about before you could hey. It's like you went willfully to look completely untrendy and ends up looking quite iconic, which is yeah. it's quite a trick. Mm-hmm. Well, a friend, of, a friend of mine works for Alexander
0: McQueen and she said to me, oh, he said, we've got your fall book on our style shelf. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: if
0: Alexander McQueen do Jacquard's golf jumpers
1: next year, <laughs> you know where it's starting. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's rocking a great pair of brothel creepers yeah, on that picture. Yeah. Yeah. Not Mike Lee, sir. Were they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mike Lee was a drummer before me. And yeah. he, he famously joined the band from a, like a Teddy Boy revival, but bit, you know, so, what were they got, Rockin' Ricky and the Red stripe And the Velvet Collar. Oh, well, Rockin' Ricky and the Velvet Collar, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he brought this, like, chest of dressing-up clothes, basically. That's quite good. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So I saw them the first time they played. You it as well, so they, were, uh, they played Bolden Vale, which was in, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, obviously, Bolden, south of Manchester. And he had his dressing-up box, so they came out and they're they had and mark had them brothel creepers on and martin had this beautiful top you know them shorty warning jacket <laughs> and um, beautiful it was He looked, looked very well in it didn't he? yeah and the black the a black cap on but it, i don't think it lasted long mike, mike's dressing up box you well he probably took it with him when he was booted yeah, out yeah. He, he left, mike, yeah he left mike he left yeah they, were, they weren't playing they only did 109 gigs in the eight months he was in there they <enough>. You never took you never you never took them No, no. 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 He was great, great Mikey he, left, left before I, yeah. I even knew he'd started. He was the least likely looking fall, man. He looked like a, an off-duty policeman. Yeah. Which seemed to be a favourite for fall, didn't he? <laughs> Not that much, man. So, <laughs> did you prefer to. Take the fall in black and white or colour, because they, they, they look great in black and white, but then when you see, like, the Curious Orange and then later ones, mm-hmm. and that... Well, I need to talk about that, actually, that sort of last one you did, but... Yeah. They did do... They look really good in colour as well, don't they?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I always... I mean, uh, you don't have a riot of colour, but I always felt the. Um, colour work for them I mean you know Mark. it was quite difficult sometimes with Mark because he did get out quite a lot of uh, um, spots and coleslaws yeah. and various scouts mm-hmm. on his face so it was yeah. it, it was, it was a bit they're, more, better they're better in black <laughs> and white they're better in black and white smooth that out in colour it's there for all to see I'm afraid um, there's photographer Bruce Guild, an American photographer who goes in very very close on and does sixty by forty prints of them, and I'd always thought it'd be quite good to get into photograph Mark. Yeah, but it'd probably scare people away. It's quite a. He's, you know, it's a real. Um, he uses. Um, he, he uses a. A kind of special light film to bring all the flaws out of your face. So I think um, might have been too much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because that picture you did, I think I don't think it's the whole band. Is it? Is it just Marco Laney at the end? Yeah, and he's the astonishing pictures, though. So I mean, cause yeah. I mean, he, by then he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a young rock star or anything. But the quite sort of kind yeah. of sad in a way. So, um, I think so. He, he, he kind
0: of again he turned up really late, and I I've been in. My all day waiting for him and he turned up about quarter past seven so i had about half an hour before the last train from manchester back to london so we had to do it fairly quickly and he kind of and i found this wall of, it's a car that goes pitched against the grey yeah. and bluey wall it's um just it's a car park wall in yeah. salford behind salford town hall and he um just started throwing his head around and kind of like the fact but he was moving a lot and it was quite interesting and also because the light was dropping there's um, a slight blur on some of them which is really nice Um, but his face was really falling apart there and I I think because of the kind of almost canvasy background for the shots he ends up looking like a Francis Bacon painting or something it's... Oh, they were quite difficult to work with at first, those pictures. Yes, because they're. He looked, I mean, he does look um, very striking on them. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he, you know, I think magazines found them difficult to use.
1: Right. Mm. So. But what? I thought it looked great. It's a mark of him, really, if you pardon the pun, that he wasn't. He wasn't well. No. But he. You know, you thought I mean, we can argue about whether the fall was Mark or Mark was the fall, but his life was in the fall wasn't it so if he didn't look yeah. well then he, he wasn't like oh i can't do anything now no you know, still so it. he still how he did his last gigs you know mm. it was his whole life wasn't it and it, it was quite a brave thing i think i mean he did a gig up here didn't he i think in islington
0: it was where he just did it he sat in the dressing room yeah. for the whole show
1: but i mean yeah but he, he did a gig didn't he Yeah. The yeah. i mean against
0: for like photos <laughs> <laughs> He once did. And he, I, I hadn't seen them for years. so I went to the Hacienda to see them and um, and he, the whole gig with his back to the audience. Oh, I was at that. Yeah, and,
1: and he,
0: he said to me at the end, he said, made your job hard tonight, <laughs> didn't I? I yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> he didn't make yours easy either, didn't That was the first gig without cake, was not it? Yeah. Is, is that the one you're
1: talking about? Yeah. No, I, was so, talking, I wasn't absolutely. talking about being in the band. I was talking about the one where... Every, there was about, so I think, he did. He only sang about a third of the gig and different bits. One, one, one song was sung from the bloody sound movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? He blocked that out? <laughs> no, thinking I am saying, the, the first gig without Craig. Oh, without Craig, yeah, yeah right, yeah, I think it was, yeah. yes, that's right, yeah.
0: But he was, he, 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 you know, he kind of just did these things willfully thinking it was funny. Yeah, yeah. What well, um, it was? And it was like when we were talking earlier about pictures of him and Elaney. I was doing some close-ups, and Elaney said to me, she "said Kevin, what is the point of having great legs if you're going to take pictures that close-up?" Did
1: <laughs> you <laughs> talk about Mark? <laughs> did you like? Did you like photographing in the hacienda? Um, it was a challenge. Yeah, I've got to say, I can imagine. It was what? all right
0: when there was no one
1: in there. Yeah.
0: When, when there were people in there, you couldn't take pictures. It was so difficult to yeah. work from on, on there, yeah.
1: Yeah, another example of why it was a bad uh, a bit well, of engineering. Well, yeah, it was
0: never designed as a venue, but the stage was too small. It was, only, you know, if you were about anyone six foot six, their head would have been touching the ceiling of that stage. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's terrible. I know. <laughs> I, got wedged, I got wedged one Well, yeah. I mean, it was it sat, the sound was terrible. Yeah. The bar was where the stage should be and the stage was where the bar should be. But it looked great when it was... If you took a picture of somebody when it was empty. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. right. I know. I used to use it as...
0: If I was photographing a band, I used to use the Hacienda as my studio quite a lot of the time because it was down the road from my own place. But they had all the lighting rigged up all the time and I'd sometimes do... You know, I shot the birthday party there, and I shot this band, Just Defectors, and various other people. I, I had a bit more space to work in Hacienda, yeah. so we used to use it in the afternoon when no one was there, you know. And it was always open as yeah, well, it? Was. Yeah, was,
1: Monday night with like three people. Yeah. Freezing, well,
0: absolutely
1: well, Friday Friday night
0: with three people as yeah, well, until, yeah. until <laughs> they discovered Acid House. Tony Wilson always used to talk about the Hacienda and how, and he'd have all these great theories about why People had started coming and why it had changed and stuff. And Mike pickering and say, No, that's all r- rubbish, Tony. He said it's when we started selling Stella for a quid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's when
0: people started coming.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just, but plus, you could always get in because it was the yeah, big. Yeah. Because, you know, it was quite difficult to get in the clubs in that sort things. So everybody always seemed to end up at the ACN because yeah. it was vast. It was too big, really. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but it was empty for
1: the first two years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you there the opening night when Bernard Manning was on?
0: Yeah, terrible, wasn't
1: it? Well, I don't know, he could have said the most yeah. offensive things to about everyone in the room, but you couldn't make out a word he said. No, Tony thought it'd be
0: hilarious opening a club in Manchester and having Bernard Manning on as his opening act. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he refused his feet, didn't it? Everybody thinks Tony got everything right, but, you know, sometimes he made a real Rick, didn't Yeah. They?
1: I've played some shitholes in my time. Yeah, exactly. He refused his fee, yeah. Bernard I don't want to pay for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's astonishing to look at those photographs of the fall and not even if you just look at the background, certainly them ones in the gym, how Manchester has changed. Because we, we did that Loud of the Words thing uh, and where the picture of Mark in front of that gas... Or whatever they're called, that's where that is now. Yeah, it uh, is. Yeah. Tell, isn't yeah. You know? yeah. That's how little was going on in Manchester. You could have built one of them gas uh, uh, the cities right in the middle of the city. It's a massive thing because yeah. there was just nothing there, wasn't there? Yeah. No, I kind of think
0: it, it, was in, it was interesting. It's always interesting when you photograph people um, in urban settings like that, I think, because cities change so rapidly that maybe at the time, you know, the magazine would say, well, you know, that, why, where's the interest there? It's like, I've got a picture of Bernard Sumner walking down the street in New York at 6 a.m. But the cars in the shop helped date it, and 10 years on, those pictures start to look completely different. Yeah, And it's really important, I think, sometimes when a band are from... Um, a major city like that yeah. include the city in it because you get some sense of how they grew up and how they developed and also how they sounded, why they sounded like they did because so I don't think the Fall or Joy Division um, another maybe a couple of other Manchester bands would have sounded like they did without living in that yeah, yeah. kind of urban set it's like the picture of joy division on the bridge in the snow kind of i always felt it was my responsibility to let people know what bands sounded like because obviously then you know unless you went out and bought a record or listened to john Peel and there was a record available unless you went to the gig you had no idea what they were like no but if you saw that picture you'd have an idea what joy division sounded like I yeah think. and i think that was quite important um and i always say you know i said it's got so much space in it it's so bleak and bernard says well there's no space in our music i said but well, there actually is it, it is, is there i said I don't even understand your own music you no, my <laughs>
1: martin and gave them a lot yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah they weren't like that loud they were kind of a bit like heavy metal band when they
0: started. Yeah, I mean, I think Martin Hallett <coughs> saved him from being Bon Jovi. <laughs> 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 I, that.
1: The part, I think Hucky would have
0: loved to have been bon- in Bon Jovi.
1: Yeah, I think, well, maybe <laughs> more. I think he'd probably say MC5 rather than. I think, bon- I, yeah, he might say that, but. <laughs> you were fairly heavy metal, weren't you? He had the air for it then as well, didn't (laughs) he? They were all right. (laughs) They were all right. (laughs) Vic (laughs) Doff. Monaco. Yeah. Monaco were all right as well. Monaco were as good as the electronics. No, All right. No, I don't. Probably
0: not. I always thought all the offshoot bands that they did were quite good, but they missed... (laughs) You know, it's like electronic were really good, but would have probably been improved by Hooky's bass. Yeah, yeah, And revenge were quite good, but would have been improved with Bernard's voice. Yeah. And so, they kind of why bother? <laughs> Stop doing all these offshoot things. The other two, you know, yeah, yeah. The other two would have been all right with the other two. <laughs>
1: they didn't they? No, didn't they? Duran, Duran did it. You know? yeah. So they like they've just finished the world's biggest world tour, 15 number ones, and everybody's sick to death of Duran, Duran. So they split it half, and have, then there's two leading bands. <laughs> we don't want to hear them. Yeah. You know? okay. well, silly, I mean, you know, I suppose I'm sure a lot of that was it was a more pleasant experience working without each other for a bit. Um, country, well, well
0: no, it was all right. I kind of like the conflict sometimes. It's a, well, it's, it's massive, yeah. yeah. You know, and they were travelling separately. It's like loads of bands do it anyway, you know. I, I went on tour with the Colts and Billy Duffy said, which bus do you want to go on? And he said, ours is, the rock, ours is the rock and roll bus and his is the, the pipe and slippers bus. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have the pipe and slippers bus. Yeah,
1: you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so they all, they all do it and Hucky and Bernard were travelling separately and I'd say to them, why, why, why aren't me traveling in the bus with the others and he'd say I don't want to catch cancer. <laughs> so they all, they all smoked. Ah, right, okay. Yeah. So he had a
1: limo, he had a stretch limo, and mm. they, they were in a mini bus. I mean, yeah. we, we used, to, we used to be in the back of a transit with, uh, so there'd be Mark and Kate and the driver all lighting up bloody uh, Marlborough's... it's not a big back of a van, no. I'm sure you know. It can't have been the healthiest of environments, sure. was it? Well, I mean, other than the fact that we were sat sitting on cushions on top of the amp. I mean, had
0: anything, I mean, have yeah. It wasn't safety, was it? Yeah. yeah. It wasn't an issue
1: then. No, but you know, people and, uh, did. I mean, people... Well, it's it's like like
0: everyone even... piled into the back of the transit to go to gigs, halfway mm. around the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With no no safety at all. Not, not that. I mean, like, say, you're sitting on the equipment. And yeah. Back, but... yeah, we did, yeah, we did a tour of Germany with it. On, with the band had like two benches, one on the yeah. other side, and that was well, it. Well, that actually sounds, that, that sounds like the couch, Mm -hmm. Mark Mark would always do that, When he played that, what was the place he played in Croydon? The comedy, was it called Comedy Club or something? Yeah, Cartoon. Cartoon Cartoon Club. He had the band staying in a guest house in Croydon, two to a room at 22 quid a night for the room. And he and Elaine were staying in the Hilton at Gatwick. (laughs) Nice.
1: (laughs) Darling. Yeah. Well, we, we one time we did this. We did a sort of. I think I was in a transit van, and we got we broke down on the Friday in this place called Holzkirchen. It was a sort of twin with itself, really tiny little German village. And um, we had no money, and we were there. It was a bank holiday on the Monday, so we were there three days, and we had like literally like two quid each a day. Did we you not give you was that your PDs. Well, we didn't get any PDs. We, we kind of we eat out. We worked out we could get a beer. Uh, we we. we, we Go up for breakfast, we could then sneak a bit of bread and ham and that would be your lunch and then we had enough for one beer and a bowl of soup in the evening. So we did that for three days and we found out on the fourth day, Mark and the bloody Kelly was going to the next village in the Brits, in a taxi <laughs> and eating out every night. You thought he was sitting in his ring. Oh, we thought he was doing the same. sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot for do in all you know, on a Sunday. Yeah, um, I must have seen that War Memorial 15 times. <laughs> 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 I, I think at this point we're going to open up to the floor for questions, yeah. I think. If that's all right with you, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Where's our roving reporter? Anybody <laughs> got, got a question? There we oh, are. gentlemen here in the... Children of the Stones. <laughs> Terrifying. Terrifying TV show, that. Hello. <laughs> um... Question for Kevin really, Um, the the
0: photography that you took, the rock photography was was amazing, which other um, of your kind of competitors did you did you rate uh, um, of that other of that era did you have any uh, uh, and what was your relationship with 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 them or did you even mix them at all don't really like music photography <laughs> 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 i like I, I mean i never i i know i got categorized as that but i did do other stuff as well and i wasn't a big fan of music photography i always thought it was a bit cliched <laughs> Um, and I kind of like when I was studying photography I studied um, Diane Arbus and Bill Grant and um, August Sander and I kind of like people who didn't photograph musicians really so I don't know, I mean I like Penny Smith because um, she was one of the first people I met who gave me a bit of encouragement really but most people um saw you as trying to take their work from you know if they were working for the nme and you came along and they start thinking oh you know i want to do this i should be doing this and there'd be a bit of kind of uh unnecessary rivalry when people could maybe work closer together so uh you know i like certain things i like certain pictures that people have taken but I can't say I don't really know enough about it to comment on it because I didn't really look at a lot of that. If that makes
1: sense. Yeah. Well, oh, so Jill Perunovsky, you knew her as well. You knew her kind of contemporaries yeah. as well. I mean, I could tell you a story about a photo of Jill took,
0: but it's probably not very fair. Tell me when
1: we switch the mic. Like tell me when we switched the mic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll add it in without your knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Get, Anybody else? Thank you. Uh, Kevin, your stories about Mark being late or uncooperative, unhelpful, did you
0: ever complain or get into arguments with him about that? I never argued with him about anything. I mean, you know, my job is to. Photograph someone when they're ready, you know, it's it's kind of up to them really. And so there's no point in causing any conflict over it. So I never did. No, um, you know, I mean, I've much as my friends don't kind of get it. I do have an enormous amount of patience when I'm working with people and, um, you know i could do a great book of hotel lobbies i've sat in waiting for people <laughs> to gonna, turn i on. was going to ask
1: is is a lot of most bands like that then?
0: yeah 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 they kind of it, you know like sean ryder i photograph photographed happy monkeys a lot and sean ryder doesn't even know there's two ten o'clock's in a day <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> kind of you know I, I sit there and wait for them to turn up and when they turn up i mean i i went to new york once photographed Duran Duran it was five days before we got the pictures because we don't you know we'd have an idea we were also but they were staying in different hotels ostensibly for um, security reasons but it was because they didn't like each other so everyone stayed in a different hotel and we were staying in a really nice hotel, uh, the Royalton in Midtown Manhattan and we'd meet the manager and say, when are we doing the pictures and he'd say, well Simon's not feeling quite up to it today so we say, well why don't I do a picture uh, why don't we just ask him to Come down to the lobby of his hotel and I'll photograph him in and around the lobby. He said, great idea. I'll fax him. <laughs> it's like we all have fucking mobile phones, you know. And he says I'll fax him. And I said and the PR said, Just ring him, and he said Simon won't do the telephone when he's on tour. He'll get back to us in 24 hours. We said, we're going home tonight.
1: <laughs> and he was up the stairs in the same building. <laughs>
0: so we had to reconvene in the lobby 24 hours later, and we got a fax from Simon exactly on 24 hours, saying, I don't think I want to leave my room. Oh, Jesus. So I said, how about if we photograph we him in bed? <laughs> and he said, great idea, I'll fax him.
1: 24 hours we're all facts,
0: we're all sitting in the lobby waiting for the facts, we hear it coming through, no. Those no, it. days. It's a trend, <laughs> <you know>. So, <laughs> so that's like that's excessive. Like if you ever get them together, time. then the, the well, box, I took the some box. pictures of them backstage on the second gig with the, with the their girlfriends teasing their hair ready to go on stage. Right? And well, that you, was, uh, they'd have
1: to be backstage, really, wouldn't they? They yeah. can't really avoid that. No, so <laughs> yeah. You know, we
0: kind of cornered them, really. he's got that, got that, and then you know, it just got worse, really. So, but I mean. I went to New York on the wrong weekend. I well, oh, yeah. to photograph Lloyd Cole once, and he said to me, "Oh, a oh, oh, song that oh, I went to see him, and he said, "Oh, what are you doing this week? What are you doing out here this weekend?" I said, "You." He said, <laughs> he said, "I'm not ready for it." He said, "I told him that I've been in the studio." He said, "I want to get hair cut. I want to get you know a bit of sun. I want, oh, He said, "Can you come back next week?" I he said, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> you know, weren't paying for the flight yeah. and they don't realize they're actually paying for you it's like yeah. When, when you go, bands pay for you to go on tour and they don't realize so when you're on tour with them you know and they're saying they have got no money and they say can we have your mini bar and you say help oh, yourself
1: yeah. <laughs> Take as much as you want. <laughs> <laughs> All goes yeah. on their bill. <laughs> Do you not think that's gone now? Do you not? Bands are a bit more canny now, aren't they?
0: I they think? are a bit. Yeah. But and and hotels are a bit. They they are as a bit well.
1: Have, I, don't, oh, I, yeah. I think the, the idea of where bands are oblivious to what's best for their publishing machine are gone as well, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think so. I, but that's because every because everything's digital and because there isn't as much money. <laughs> on that side as they used to be. I mean, the money was ridiculous. ridiculous on stage, yeah. yeah. You know, I could say, oh, I want to go and photograph Morrissey in Japan for the enemy," And they'd say, yeah, great, you know, go. You don't want to do an interview. Well, that's all right. Let can write captions for the photos. We could do anything, you know? Yeah. yeah. And we'd just go out for a week and do whatever we wanted.
1: But now no, you can't. No, no, you no, can't now. No. You've you got to go.
0: get bloody tubes <laughs> of <all things. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: orphans. Oh, You've to 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 yeah,
0: exactly <laughs> <laughs> bags at 20 notes a piece. <laughs> You were in it at the right time you know, then, weren't well. you, really? Oh, I was there
1: well, at the devil's right time. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure I'm here at the
0: right time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, bands wasted you know, a lot of money then on it. I, I always think what, about. Be, mainly on their music. Yeah, but I know, but you talk about someone who's paying some ridiculous amount of hours. So you're paying. 300 quid an hour to play pool in the next room. Yeah. Why not play pool for a week and then bump the bleeding studio? Well, they, they wouldn't realise that. And, and especially in
0: in um, those residential studios yeah. that bands used to go to. They'd get there and they'd think, this is great. They'd spend two weeks, like say, playing pool and you've got all the technicians and you, 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 you know, your producer, everyone sitting around doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And they don't seem, they didn't seem to realise that they were actually paying yeah. for everyone's time while that was, well, yes. like you say, they were playing pulling. Yeah,
1: have you got any experience yeah. of that soon? I have, we did, it. yeah. Cold Selfish, we booked that uh, studio in Glasgow for a month. Snooker table downstairs, having tournaments and uh, <laughs> recorded the album and ditched it all, went in another studio for three days and re-recorded the lot. Lately now. But we to it. turn
0: up at a residential studio and you'd say to them, have you got stuff written? Are you going to start rehearsing it? How are you going to do it? And they said, oh no, we think we'll just start writing here, whilst we get the vibe. <laughs> 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 right here, right? Rose, it's
1: all roses,
0: five years later.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Blimey. Any, anybody else? any other questions before we wrap up? Don't be shy. You want to do it
0: again? They all come and ask questions when you sign in the book.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this guy here. The handsome guy on the beard, Oh, yeah. we've well, we got a lot. Here you go. Uh, question for Paul and Steve. Um, when Briggs join the band, what difference did that make to Mark and what difference do you think it makes to the movie? music? You guys are in the band then, weren't you? Mm. Are you going first? No, you can't. Oh, okay. Go <laughs> uh, uh. what difference it was nicer. it was a bit, nicer wasn't. for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit more polite. He was like, "Can you please turn the m- <laughs> m- monitors up instead yeah. of turn the <laughs> fucking monitors?" <laughs> up. Uh, when she first uh, came, she was doing the lights. Yeah, and we played the Electric Circus, Electric Circus, Electric Boru And there's a, obviously there's a tape of it, and it's like, "Can we just have that light down a little bit, just a little bit, please?" And there's one from like three months earlier. If you turn that fucking <laughs> light back on, I'll break your neck, you <laughs> <talking. laughs> So that's, that's what you changed it. Yeah. Didn't last, eh? Didn't last. Didn't last really, no. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so that was the difference. I, I don't think that all that about she made, us, made them into a pop band, I don't think that's quite true. I think maybe production-wise, um, certainly having your photograph taken, a bit well, she also to... taught him the merits of the the uh,
0: domestic refrigerator. She did, he did. Yeah,
1: he stopped all his yeah, milk yeah, on I a windowsill. Yeah. <laughs> Steve was there the first time she went in a chip shop on <coughs> and asked for a scallop and was disgusted yeah, to yeah. find it was a potato in <laughs> batter and not a. <laughs> <butter>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like Peter Mammel, so... Yeah, yeah, that's a great day, That. that is. Of course, he'd be scalloped. Wakamori the chip shop. Mushy bees, you know. <laughs> yes, sir, madam. Oh, yeah. Just wondered how much of your old sort of gear you've still got. Do you keep it for nostalgia reasons or, or do you still
0: use it even? And following on from that, even, can you see... You mean clothes? No, camera gear. <laughs> Equipment, <laughs> tools of the trade. Um, and can you see photography going full circle on digital, like sort of vinyl is now ahead of CDs. You know, it's gone full loop, basically. Would, would it ever happen, do you think? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think digital's great. I I mean, digital um, is very democratic, isn't it? You know, used to, if I was photographing a band out in the street, no-one would take any notice. You've not got hundred people walking past you trying to take a picture because no one really had a camera. you know the only time people use their cameras when when it was film you'd use uh, you'd take pictures on holiday. You'd finish the film off in the back garden with the dog, and send it to the chemist. Whereas now people take pictures of everything they do. You can't—they're not—you know—everyone's documenting their lives all the time, like a fucking Fassbender or something. You know, when are you ever going to put this film of your life together? I mean, I want to see it. Um, so I don't see the—I mean—people use film, but if I turn up with a roll of film. A magazine they'll tell me to go home and digitize it so there's no point unless you're uh an art photographer and you're doing something like that if you're working as an editorial photographer then you try and shoot. It's like people who write in longhand and submit their copy to a newspaper. They just put it through the shredder and tell them to type it up. Yeah.
1: True. <laughs> sure. Why
0: would you? Know, so I can't see why. I mean, I've I've still got cameras and stuff. Obviously, um, I use digital, but because you have to. You know, I, it's like going out shooting on ten by eight plate cameras and insisting that the magazine will get it in a month (laughs) that's not kind of how it works really unfortunately
1: good question though anybody else oh i would like to ask kevin um
0: obviously those first shots you know, you decided I don't know to go that and, voice. Right? You decided to go and yeah, hello there. I recognise that <laughs> vice.
1: Yeah. You
0: decided to go and photograph the band, right? And that was your choice, yeah. And then after that, was it always a commission or did you ever at any point say, Oh, I'd like to catch up with the fool again? Um it was mainly commission. Occasionally I'd uh, take some pictures if I was somewhere, but you know, it's kind of it it's not if it was as easy as just being able, being able to ring someone and say, "I've kind of not photographed you for a year, can I do it?" Um, no, you have to earn a living from it as well. And so, photographing bands free of charge isn't always that easy to do. Um, and they've got to give you time. I mean, sometimes I'd go and sitting in re- in rehearsal rooms with people just to get some up-to-date pictures but quite often you've got the pr who they're working with whose job is to stop you doing your job not to facilitate it so it's
1: not always that easy and and you're talking about different between going digital when did you go digital with the fall where did i go digital in your photographs for the fall what
0: period was that? Um, <sighs> 2,000 or so,
1: around then. Was that ahead of the curve
0: or behind the curve, do you think? It was? Well, I, I shot a book for Man City in their final season at Main Road in 2002, 2003. And I deliberately shot it on film because I wanted... really It was going to be in colour, I wanted really heavily saturated colours. And I wanted it to be like the kind of colour you get when you're seven or eight years old. And you live in an inner city and you've never seen a tree or grass before and you walk into the football stadium for the first time and it's the biggest expanse of green you've ever seen and that stays with you and i think that heavily saturated experience it's like wizard of Oz when it goes from black and white into color it's an absolutely amazing feeling and i think that's what we wanted to do and i tried about 20 different film stocks to find a film that would work for that. So I shot that on film that whole season and all the other photographers were using digital. And some of them had never shot on film and they were laughing, you know, they were saying, how do you know you've got a picture? And I said, well, cause that's kind of my job. <laughs> I've kind of shot a film all my life. And so you have that experience. And they didn't get it. They didn't understand it at all cause they were there with their laptops and getting a picture immediately and so on and i'd get mine back two days later <laughs> you know yeah and that's kind of what it was like and so but i did have digital cameras then it's just that i decided i was going to do a book on film and then leave it that would probably be the last thing to shot on film anybody else <clears throat> should we draw it there
1: I'm, More question. Question.
0: I'm thinking Kevin and football. Yeah. It's on quarter two. They haven't even announced the team yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm all
0: right. I'm okay for now. Yeah. Final question. Final okay. Question. It's, a, it's a kind of question in two parts to Kevin. Um, firstly, two did you ever... Parts. <laughs> 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 Do
1: you ever...
0: uh, want um, one question. question? I'm sorry. Did you ever consider becoming a sports photographer knowing you're your interested in football? And also, you know, do you think there's a difference between being able to enjoy the music as a music photographer, whereas as a sports photographer, you wouldn't probably be able to enjoy the game as much because you're concentrating on on what Well, you're getting something right. different out of it, aren't you? If you're, you know, I wouldn't want to photograph. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't want to take pictures from Man City all the time. And also when I was shooting for City, when I did the book for City, It wasn't just a book of action shots. I was photographing the crowd and the environment that the ground was in and fans in and outside the ground and stuff like that. Also, I mean, I did photograph players at training and did some pictures during the game because obviously that was the focus of people going there for two hours. But... um, i wouldn't I'm, I'm, I wouldn't want to do I've not been trained to be a sports photographer. It looks really difficult. Um, I'm much better off and also you've got to get up really early. It was really difficult year for me though because they're on the training pitch at ten o'clock in the morning and I, I you know I don't even get into action till about lunchtime because normally I'm used to you know I've always worked with musicians who kind of turn up... If they're doing a studio session with you, they turn up at 10, 11 o'clock at night. So I'm used to kind of working through the the night rather than getting up at nine to get on a football pitch for 10 o'clock. I can't really do it. Um, I used to enjoy gigs, photographing them live. I don't like... I mean, I'm not a massive fan of taking live photos at, at gigs, but... I just kind of enjoy it because I felt because I was always at the front, so I always felt part of the action. So it's quite exciting. And also, there is a slight level of uncertainty when you shoot on on net on film, because you know you're not immediately checking what's on the back of your camera straight away. You know you co- you're concentrating and t- trying to time it and get the perfect shot. Whereas I think with digital, it's a bit more throwaway. So I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not... I couldn't do sports photography, though. It's like doing ballet. It's really difficult. You've got to get it exactly the right moment, or else it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much.
1: Well, I'm say thank you. If you put your hands together, take them a moment. Thank you. brings us unbelievably to the end of series three of our brother thanks for joining us for this series hope you enjoyed us with know. big thanks of course to all our amazing guests for agreeing to join us here with eternally grateful if the good laws were in the creek don't rise we'll be back with a new series pretty soon in the meantime don't forget to follow us on twitter at over the show where you'll find lists to our spotify playlist you can also subscribe via itunes stitcher or rss then you'll be all set for series four when it does arrive you can also give us a rating on itunes or subscribe on youtube or just tell your friends if you fancy it too for further reading our books the mid midweek and have a beating guess still available from root publishers and all good bookshops i um, hope to speak to you all again soon and remember if you're driving that you can that.